Hey, Mama. Hey, Mama. Hey, Mama. What you doing? Hello, friends. Welcome to Co-Parenting, your Thrive Guide podcast. My name is Deborah Lene, and I am the host of the podcast. And thank you so much for joining me again this week. I am so grateful you are here. And it is another week in the books for us. It's been a good week, no complaints, and I am just grateful to be here with you again this week. In thinking about the podcast for this week, I was thinking about communication and how I communicate with my co-parent partner and how I have communicated in the past and the things I've done wrong, and the things I've done right, and the areas that in communication where I want to get better with my co-parent partner. And so whenever I pick a subject or decide on a topic as it relates to co-parenting, I always think about ways in which I am doing this Um, positively or negatively in what ways I can do better. So I say all that, that I, to let you know that we are going to be talking about communication keys for co-parenting, for really good co-parenting. And as I've said before in my podcast, I myself am a work in progress. So some of this is for me as it is for you. And so I hope that you all will find it helpful and it will help in your communication with your co-parent partner. Whenever any of us go through a divorce or a separation, our first concern typically is how is this going to affect my kids? And there are studies that show that the best way to help our children through this time is to ensure that they have an ongoing, stable and loving relationship with both people. And I think if they have that, this gives the children the best chance of getting through the divorce or the separation without too many scars for it. I think that many times children believe that when their parents divorce or separate, that it's somehow their fault. And we as co-parents will learn to present a united front, then the kids are not left wondering what they did or feeling like they have to choose between their dad or their mom or that they're not left out. And that so the parents know that both parents will continue to love them and will continue to be in their lives and will always fight for them. I believe that co-parenting works best when we are able to maintain a civil relationship. And I know that's really hard, like in the beginning of a relationship, especially when all the emotions are fresh and raw um, and scary, that it's hard to maintain that civil kind of discourse. But as you know, cooperation and good communication is key. And it is not easy. And I know, I know for me personally, I have gotten into an argument with Ava's father. And then later, 
you know, I felt bad because the things I said, because I can be really brutal with my mouth. (laughs) And I know that's not a good thing, but I can say some really mean things. And when I get very upset, and so learning to keep the emotion out of it has been a work in progress for me. I know, personally, it's been a really big uh, work in progress. All of your communication should really center on the children and their needs. And if you can learn to communicate that in a professional or business-like way, I don't know of a better word to describe it, that I think that will help as you transition into a new life. And I think one of the things in thinking about how we can communicate with our our co-parent is if you find it too difficult face-to-face, like it brings up those raw emotions or whatever, either text or email, sometimes is a much safer way um, to keep the conversation on track. And it's easier to, you know, not want to slap them. (laughs) At least for me, anyway, if I'm upset. So I want to give you just some practical tips that will help establish a strong co-parenting relationship and one where you can communicate effectively with your co-parent. The first one, as I mentioned a minute ago, is to be professional, to be polite and civil. So it's important, especially I would say in the beginning of any separation time, that you treat your co-parent relationship as a business partnership. So you set new boundaries and you communicate in the same way as you would with someone that you work with. And if you can keep those conversations, especially in the beginning, if you can keep those respectful and polite and clear and child-centered, that in civil, I guess, just like you would with someone that you work with. And be civil and use words like please and thank you. And remember to make requests, not demands, especially as it relates to the children. Instead of, for instance, if you needed your ex to pick up the children because you couldn't because of work or whatever it was, instead of saying, I need you to X, Y, Z, you could say, would you please... And I think that would go a long way to being kind, just like you would a stranger or someone that you work with, asking, not expecting. And so if you keep that in mind, think about it long term, like your commitment is to your children and you're going to be doing this a long time. Like in reality, you'll probably have grandchildren together. I remember when people used to say to me, oh my gosh, you know, you're going to, you know, deal with them till they're 18. Oh, no, no. You're going to deal with them for the rest of your life. You're going to have grandkids together. And so if you can learn to make these small little steps, it will go a long way. Even when your co-parent partner tries to antagonize you, which we've all done it. We've been on both ends of it. I've created it. And then at times, the other person has created it. If you can learn to respond back. So maybe you don't make that phone call, maybe you text and don't use capital letters because y'all know that's like shouting. And don't swear. And that's me. I do swear when I get mad. So I try not to do that with my co parent 
partner because that makes things a lot worse. And you don't have to be rude and make derogatory comments towards your co-parent. And I know, I know, I know, I know it's hard. But I think if we learn to do that, it's helpful. And I'm going to tell you a little trick. So obviously, I text a lot, as everybody does. But when I get a response back that really about gets on my last nerve, like it makes me super angry. I have learned that the emojis are a godsend. You can just hit thumbs up. You can do a smiley face. You can do whatever and you don't even have to use words. So for me, I think emojis are wonderful because that is what I do. If I, something annoys me and I don't want to talk about it or I don't want to cause a fight or I don't want to get into a big drawn out thing, the emojis are a wonderful thing. Another thing I would say about being polite, professional, and civil is obviously do your best to keep the emotions out of it and work together about resolving. But also, if you're at fault, apologize. An apology can go a long way towards giving what I always say grace extended and being respectful and treating others the way that you want to be treated. The number two key is keep communication concise and about the children. So you can adopt a method of communication that enables you to remain clear, to remain consistent and child focused. And there is zero reason for you or I to discuss our own personal needs. And so the needs should be kept on the needs of the child. And the relationship that you all had is in the past in terms of a one-on-one, and you should just keep the focus on the children and about their needs. Number three is no fighting with the kids present. And as you know, we all will inevitably have disagreements, and it can lead to a lot of anger and resentment. And I know for me, I work on this because sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment, You're not thinking about, I'm driving in the car and my child's sitting in the car with me and I'm saying stuff. And that's why it's best if you're in an argument and you're talking, if the child is present, just say, I'm going to hang up and text you. Um, And then the child doesn't have to see it or be a part of it. And it can be hard to move past the strong emotions that I know For me, there were so many times in when Ava's dad and I were separating that it was so hard to move past those emotions and those feelings, but it is so important that the kids know that you both love them. And I think that the minor disagreements that we all have can be solved amicably And we can actually, it can actually be helpful for the children to see those conflicts that arise, they get worked out and they get worked out in a less aggressive way. I really feel like that helps the children learn that they can have conflict, but it can be resolved in a very positive way. So you, we want to think about making sure and keeping the focus on making the kids happy, right? And so you don't want to have these long drawn out arguments that distress the children. 
And I feel like the ongoing conflicts between parents is one of the most long-term negative effects on divorce and on the children. The number four thing is don't put your kids in the middle and don't. So what I mean is don't like use your kids as the messenger. You need to communicate whatever your issue is directly with the other co-parent and don't make the child the messenger. It is unfair to your child to put them in this position and it will make the child feel like that they have to take sides. And it's also highly likely that the children will forget the message or get the information mixed up. So you would be expecting too much of the child to ask them to communicate on your behalf. So choose the best way of communicating. So if it's by text or email or whatever form, stick to that form of communication and keep your children out of it. I also think that the number five thing is to communicate on a regular basis. And kids really need to know that your parents are both actively involved in their life. And they need to feel like both parents are interested in what is going on with them. So find a way to communicate on a regular basis. This will show the children that... You both are committed to their happiness and that you're both willing to work together for their sake. And that makes them feel loved and protected and secure. It will also help reduce miscommunication about the children being picked up or dropped off. And regular communication can be really hard to commit to, especially in the beginning stages of a separation. And so if you go back to choosing the best way to communicate with that person and you do it on a regular basis, that that can really help towards the child's development and being positive and not feeling so much negativity. I will say that Bree, my older daughter, we... Um, started having weekly when she was having trouble in school. She was about fourth or fifth grade. And her dad and I started having, I think it was Wednesday night dinner or Thursday night dinner together. And this was back, I mean, she's 32 now. So whatever, 20 years ago. And we started having dinner together. And at first, I... It was so awkward because it's like, really, I really want to sit (laughs) with this person that I didn't particularly like anymore, you know, whatever. (laughs) Not that I'm trying to talk bad about him. It was just, you know, we were in a, had a really a lot of difficulty communicating. So, but we started having those weekly dinners and that really helped Brie a, she got better in school and because she was struggling in school and that's what prompted the weekly dinners and she really liked it. She was excited about seeing her parents sit together, have dinner together, talk about whatever's going on in her life. So it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be dinner, but there should be a consistent communication that you have together. The number six key for communication is staying on the topic. So clear communication between parents means that 
it's much less likely that information gets lost or misunderstood, which then ultimately results in less conflict, which is what we all want, right? It helps to stay on topic and keep the communication brief and to the point. Don't wait until you have 45 things to talk about. Keep it all flowing. Just keep the communication going. It really helps. And don't send 4,000 texts in a day saying, oh, you need to do this. Oh, you need to do that. You need to do this. You need to do this. Commit to communicating a few times a week and then stay on topic. Don't get drawn off into your personal grievances against the other co-parent. And I know, I know, I know it's easier said than done, but this is a journey, right? And so we just got to take it one day at a time, sometimes one minute, one hour at a time. The number seven thing is concentrate on now. And so all of the problems that led to our separation or your separation are not relevant to your co-parenting relationship. So you need to leave all of that where it belongs in your past. Your only concern from now on should be how you, how everything is in relationship to your children. And how are you and your co-parent going to raise them and support them as they go grow together as they grow up? That's the only thing that matters. It's not about what he did, it's not about what she did. It's about What are we doing to raise our babies and support them as they grow up? The next key is to listen. Okay, so I feel like I've become a better listener over time. But have you ever listened, like talking to someone and you can see that they are listening to respond? You can see they're not really listening to what you're saying. They're listening to respond. They're not listening to really hear you. And and you can tell if you look at them, you can tell about how they're receiving the information, whether they're really taking it in or whether they are just getting ready to say what they want to say. Often we hear what we want to hear or what we expect to hear. So make sure that you are listening to what the co-parent, your co-parent is saying Take the time and try to understand their point of view, even if you end up disagreeing with it, which most of the time I I did (laughs) or I do. But if we truly listen, you might be able to understand where they're coming from. And then that other person will feel like they're being heard. And then it brings the level of anxiety, anger, frustration, bitterness, anger down. And so As you know, listening is key to any successful communication. Y'all know this. And then the last key for good communication with your co-parent is look for compromise. Now, I know I was not always good at this, but I do know that in the past 10 years, I have gotten much better at compromise than I, I used to about certain things. In any Obviously, in in all of our parenting relationships, there will be situations in which we disagree. But finding a way to communicate that enables you to work to find a mutually agreeable resolution is so important. And if you cooperate with each other, you will find that you'll find a solution that you both are happy with 
and one that you both can live with and where you feel like it's important to let someone know that they're winning a little bit. And it's also very important to be, when you're looking for compromise, to be flexible. It doesn't always have to be super rigid. And so, for instance, if your co-parent's birthday is during your parenting time and they want to celebrate with their children, be kind and say yes. Like, seriously, 20 years from now, there it's not going to matter if the kid was with them on their birthday or not. But at the moment, it might be really important at the time. And just say yes. It's not that big of a deal. Don't make your children miss out on a special occasion or having fun with the other parent just for spite. There's no reason to do that. Children will end up being the biggest losers in that specific scenario. When you make a request next time, your co-parent will much more likely say yes to your request if you give in or if you're flexible on those little things. There are many, many pitfalls with co-parenting communication. So remember to put your children's needs first and always act in their best interest. This way, you are much more likely to succeed. You will build a much stronger co-parenting relationship And your children get to openly love and spend time freely with both parents without choosing sides. So in closing, I want to just go back through the keys that I think are helpful for communication is being professional, polite, and civil. So you don't have to use capital words when you text. You can just use the emojis. It's fine, too, to respond. You keep the communication about concise and keep it about the kids. Don't fight with the kids present. Don't put the children in the middle. They are not your messengers. So it, it doesn't do any good to put them in the middle. Communicate regularly. So maybe set up a time where on Tuesdays and Fridays, you just say, hey, want to update you, da, 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 whatever. On Fridays, This is the kids' game schedules this weekend or whatever. Just keep it consistent and regular. Make sure all of your communications are on topic. So you stay on topic. Don't go off into your mom called me and blah, 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 or dad or whatever. Concentrate on now, staying in the moment, staying present. Don't talk about the past and whatever gripes you have with them. Listen, listen to hear, not listen to respond. And the last one, look for compromise. It is okay to compromise. It is okay to be flexible. You have many years of learning to be flexible and learning to compromise with your co-parent partner. So I hope you all have found these little keys to communication helpful. I know it's as I think about it and as I was writing up the podcast, like I thought of ways where I could do better. And so my goal for this week is if whatever miscommunication comes up this week, my goal is to stay on topic. And my goal is to answer with emojis. (laughs) So I hope you all have a great week. I love being here with you. And it's truly 
become a joy and a passion of mine. And so I'm grateful and honored for your time. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to sharing with you all next week. Have a good week. Hey, mamas, thank you so much for joining me again today on Co-Parenting Your Thrive Guide podcast. You can download your free Thrive Guide on my website at deborahlenay.com. If you enjoyed the show today, don't forget to rate and review me wherever you get your podcast. It really goes in supporting the podcast and I would really appreciate your feedback, good or bad. I would love to hear from you. My new podcast comes out every Monday, so please join me next Monday. Until next time, I am Deborah Lene, and remember for this week to lead your conversations with honesty, clarity, and love, and always give grace extended.